is another Sunday night edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. We are rolling here in the year 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Uh, what's up? A reference that's now two decades old. There you go. That was worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> and also Mr. Joe Towner. It's a new one. It's a new one I just made up. <laughs> do, do another introduction for me, Bert. Uh, no. So, uh, ah, you'll never know what it was then. Oh, uh, I'll have to live with oh, that. Okay. Um, it's funny because your your two uh, noises there uh, reminded me. I was uh, rewatching some old OSW reviews mm-hmm. uh, in the week, and I watched the one with with uh, the David Arquette heel promo. He goes, Shut up! <laughs> after the triple cage match. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, we're here to talk about good wrestling. Not that. Well, actually, that's not true. Uh, we got we got a bit of a mix today. All kinds of wrestling uh, uh, chit chat coming up. Busy week for the old graps, and uh, we have our usual mix of. Uh, entertainment chat as well uh good few episodes there lads i thought the the decade review and the year review yeah. solid stuff yeah. um back to the back to business here this week with the old life coffin and whatever miscellaneous uh, um uh, things we've seen who has had a life this week paul what have you been up to uh i went out for a nice lunch there today with the parents of me and oh. the old in-law parents and we had nice little lunch and then back to their house to look at baby pictures and stuff and that was quite funny oh what babies yeah. uh, it's random babies random. <laughs> say just babies just babies <laughs> babies just, been... just good babies this one's uh jake gyllenhaal as a baby and, <laughs> um that i've their family as babies, I guess. Not, not necessarily only baby pictures, but, you know, family albums and stuff of that, like. So it's always nice when you get the uh, the folks together. We had a good good old time. Many drinks were had. Um, I had nice... Not no, not by me, of course. But uh, I had nice steak, and that was good. And then I ate some chips, and that was good, too. Um... Apart from that, just it's been quite a busy week at, back at work. I still haven't really had any time off over Christmas, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to have the week off of the Royal Rumble. So I'm going to be able to stay up and watch that and be disappointed again. But uh, that'd be good crack. Um, not much else has really happened. I don't think. If all the guinea pigs are doing all right, I'm doing all right. Hanging That's in good. there. Um, yeah. Bit of a quiet one, as you as you know, as you come out of that hectic Christmas period. Yeah, yeah. Settling, settling into the groove again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What about yourselves? What about you, Joe? Uh, well, it's been a very healthy start to the new year hmm. um, in the town and household. So, first off, we're doing uh, Veganuary. Mm. Um, so we're going to be vegan for the entire month of January. All right. Um, so it's been 12 days so far. Had no meat, no fish, no eggs, no dairy products. Yeah, no cheese. 
Yeah, no cheese. That's probably the worst one, to be honest. Um, I've not really missed meat that much, but really? cheese, cheese is tough. But are you having, you know, like meat substitute dishes, or is that kind of not the? Are you just going for you know making stuff out of the ingredients you have rather than to try to imitate meat? Um, a bit of a mixture. Okay. I've, we've done a few things with kind of veggie, vegan meatballs, vegan sausages. Yeah. To be honest, I hate them. <laughs> they just taste yeah. really awful. Um, I'd rather just kind of avoid them and have, uh, you know, plant-based stuff. So like lentils or chickpeas, cauliflower, that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, as a replacement, I just prefer. I think it tastes better. Um, so it's going pretty well. It's been, you know, some good dishes, some not so good. Uh, we just had a delicious um, lentil shepherd's pie uh, this evening. So basically the same as a shepherd's pie, but you replace the mince with uh, lentils. Yeah. Um, it was delicious. Obviously, you still get the creamy, crispy potato on top, which is the best part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a bit of veg and tomatoes and all that. So, yeah, it was good. That was really good. Um, I don't think we'd be able to keep it up forever. No. Just because avoiding like eggs, cheese, things that have milk and yogurt in is really but hard. You could still keep vegetarianism. Yeah, I think vegetar- being veggie would be doable. Um, maybe just with the odd bit of meat, you know, if we're going out or something. Well, that's that contravenes the whole vegetarianism, though, doesn't it? Well, I'm not converting to I know, I know, I know. vegetarianism. <laughs> <laughs> just hypothetically. It's just eating less meat. Well, yeah, I think that's the thing. People always kind of think it's all or nothing. It's like a, you know, sort of fascist approach or, you know, a doctrine where you're either 100% vegan or or you're cheating and it's not real. But it's like, well, I'm just, you know, not eating red red meat every day. It's not, you know, a religion. You could Um, could still have the leaner white meats anyway, a bit of chicken and that. Yeah, I think if I could have sort of eggs, fish and cheese, that'd get me by pretty much, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't miss miss the meat too much. Um, but yeah, anyway, we're going to go through to the end of the month with this, and then in, in February, maybe go vegetarian or pescatarian, something like that. Yeah. Trying to trying to cut back. I mean, you could take it one month at a time at least, you know. Yeah, see how we feel. Yeah. Um, also, be getting back into the swing of the gym. Mm. Um, so we did go a couple of times before Christmas, um, but then we're sick for a while. Yeah. But been three times this week. Um, going after work is not too bad, but I finish work at six, get to the gym about, uh, God, 6.45, something like that. Yeah. And then get home about eight. It's a bit, it's a bit of a long day, but you know, it's got to be done. Um, I'd love to be one of those people that gets up in the morning and and does a workout before work, but I'll be honest, that is never, ever going to (laughs) happen in a million years. That's that's sleeping time. I know. I I don't get enough sleep as it is. Like, literally, I I drag myself out of bed at 7.30 to try and get ready for work. Yeah. Um, And I don't want to have to, like, go and shower before work somewhere. And and it's just it's too much effort. You know what I mean? I just need to do that. So I'll stick for the evenings for now. Evenings and and the weekend is fine. Yeah. I think I'm... This isn't something I'm going to talk about too much in the show because I I want to just kind of I'll talk about it at the beginning and then at the very end. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm starting to try and get on a health kick myself, and that's going to include going to the old gym. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm back on my little my fitness pal app, and last mm-hmm. last time I used that I lost fifteen pounds. So I'm trying. Ooh. 
to get similar results here. But I, I last time was just just diet with no gym. <laughs> so I'm hoping uh, this supplementary, you know, calorie burning of going to the gym is going to help me out here because I am too fat. Let me tell you. Um. So yeah, since I think what am I now? Not even a week yet but i think since monday i've been kind of tracking everything i eat trying to keep the calorie count below i think 1960 is my allowance um <laughs> but then i also on was it friday um walked like 15 no 16 kilometers <laughs> on friday so i i was able to have some extra food on that day um but yeah i'm trying to uh I don't want to say I'm on a diet or I'm on a regime. I'm just trying to trying to be more careful and trying to watch that I'm not, you know, gorging myself needlessly on, you know, shite that's not doing me yeah. any good. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not doing, yeah, nothing, nothing particularly even that strict. Like, if I could lose a pound a week, I'd be quite happy, you know, and just mm-hmm. kind of stick to that and... Obviously, I haven't started going to the gym yet, so the the results haven't been quite as drastic yet. But that's gonna maybe kick in next week if I get it, the opportunity to go. So looking forward to that. Um, I have my new uh, little wireless earbuds that I have now that I got for Christmas. Um, little Bluetooth ones, so I'll use them going to the gym. That'll make the the time pass a little bit, a little better. And I used to go to the gym and I actually quite enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward yeah, to getting back into yeah. that. Getting back, but like you, Joe, uh, no, that morning thing is not going to work. Like I, st- I start work at half seven. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. But given that I finish at four, I could probably squeeze something in. I mean, that's yeah, that's a fair. Work out, get home for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Barry, you've been uh, getting healthy. Nope. Um, although I will say it's funny that that uh, you mentioned this. Uh, the better half is doing the old veganuary, and go. so I have been I have been tangentially kind of involved in a bit of it. Mm. Um, I was uh, planning to make dinner there uh, last week, um, uh, and then kind of the day before, she goes, "Oh, by the way, I'm not eating meat this month." I'm like, "Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I guess I guess I'll I guess this is no vegan spaghetti bolognese." Um, <laughs> So I did, in fact, go and get the corn, um, the corn mince substitute thing. Okay. Oh yeah. Now I was very suspicious of this because it's like mince that you freeze, but you put it directly in. You don't you don't defrost it. Like I was yeah. like, what? I was like, what is this? This is going to be terrible. And what I will say, I thought it was noticeably different. Mm. I didn't hate it. You know, I, I thought it was okay. Um, as a as a mid substitute, you know, again, it was covered in, in in sauce and veg and pasta and stuff like that. So it's not mm-hmm. like it was, uh, uh, you know, I was just eating it straight. Uh, but it was, you know, it was okay. It was okay. And then uh, Friday night, uh, she made uh, mac and cheese with uh, vegan cheese made from scratch. That huh. was also very very tasty. And and that's not my own. Shock. She was also she'd never made it before, so this was a very much a um, have the Uber Eats on standby if this goes tits up um, uh, thing. But no, it was very very nice. Uh, I again, I'm not committing to this uh, this whole thing uh, for the month, but I, I have I've been pleasantly surprised by the uh, the tastiness of um, of the vegan options. I'm I'm curious to um, 
try some of these. It now seems like basically every chain restaurant's getting in on the old Impossible Burger. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. trade. I have not had anything yet, although I did just see an ad for, uh, I don't think they have this in the UK, Abracababra, Joe, it's a kebab chain. Oh, yeah. Uh, see what they've done there. Yeah. It's very, very clever, uh, but as well as their kebabs, they also do uh, a range of dressed fries, and so now they're, they're saying, we're doing taco fries, but with the impossible beef mm. substitute. So I'm, I'm curious to see what this is like. Apparently someone, uh, a friend of a friend of mine, had the KFC uh, vegan burger thing. They said it was nice. So, yeah, I, I'm curious. I, I, I'm going to check out more of these options because I am, I am curious. You know, I don't see myself ever being a vegan uh, uh, in the future. But if I could cut down on my meat consumption, I'm sure that's, that's something I'd be happy to do uh, if the options were as, as satisfying as I found them. Um, so uh, yeah, a little bit of the little bit of the, the dabbling in the old in the old vegan stuff. Well, I know in Burger King here in Ireland, they, they obviously don't have the, I guess the rights to the Impossible branding, but they do sell what's called a Rebel Burger. Yeah, which is for all intents and yeah. purposes the Impossible uh, Whopper. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, but every time I go and I think about it, I just end up eating a, re- a normal Whopper. <laughs> it's like, oh well, I could try that one, or well, I know that I like the normal Whopper, and I just have that one. But maybe one of these days I'll give it a. Give it a, a, a try, and, and then uh, and then get a normal whopper just in case. <laughs> As a yeah, order two backup whopper. Um, hello, good sir. I'm, I'm you know trying to limit my my meat intake, so I'll I'll have one of your rebel whoppers, please. Uh, uh, no animal harmed in the making. <laughs> uh, could I also just get an XL bacon cheese though, just on the side, because I like you know if this is shit, I'm not gonna you know. <laughs> <laughs> waste my time. I'm not going to go hungry, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Uh, uh, two, two normal whoppers, sir. Uh, no, not my normal order. Uh, <laughs> just, just the one whopper and a uh, rebel whopper, please. I'm trying to cut back on meat. And when I'm entering it into my little calories app, please look the other way. <laughs> yes, and uh, five portions of chips, please. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, oh Lord! Yeah. So on the on the subject of food, but, but moving away from the veganism, is it a bit adventurous uh, this week? I tried a, a new type of cuisine, which which I have never had before. Chinese. Um, I don't I don't think I've mentioned this on the show, but I am tentatively planning with some friends to go to the Tokyo Dome next year Ooh. for the old Wrestle Kingdom. What? Uh, so that's that is that is the plan. So though I think there'll be less wrestling trips this year. Uh, I'm forsaking the old uh, Germany trip in in October, um, and and trying to do uh, New Year's in Japan. So obviously I don't want to be the person who goes to Japan and just sits in McDonald's all the time. So I want to try and uh, uh, try some Japanese cuisine. So I had some Japanese food last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I had. Now I played it safe for my first one. Um, it was not a dish I'd had before, rice. but I, I, it seemed it's <laughs> uh, just a trough <laughs> of rice, please, madam. Um, if I could, if you will, uh, no, I play. I, I got a dish that was first of all I don't like seafood, so I did not get any kind of sushi or, or fish uh, uh, related dish. But I got a a, a tepan chicken teriyaki, um, 
which was very, very, very nice. And it's just a, a lovely, bite, fine, big hunk of chicken uh, drenched in teriyaki sauce on a bed of veg and, and with some rice on the side. And it was very, very nice. I, I gave the chopsticks the old college try, but God, it's hard. Um, I think it would be easier if I was getting sushi and it was a little, just a little uh, a ball I could pick up. But uh, but no. But yes, uh, very 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 much enjoyed. Really good quality food. Uh, there is just, to my knowledge, just one Japanese establishment in in Limerick city centre. So uh, I think maybe if I'm on my travels later this year, I might go somewhere else. But uh, yes, that's that's that was pleasantly surprising, and uh, I'll have to get a bit more adventurous as the year goes on, so that when I get over for the real deal. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll, I will not be intimidated. Oh. It's good that you're branching out. Yeah. Um, maybe try. Ch- have you had chicken katsu before? No, I, I, I saw that on the menu, and I was familiar with what it was, and I was like, right, I, I have to go a little bit more adventurous. Yeah, because that is fried chicken in curry sauce, which I imagine is your sort of standard. Yeah, uh, yeah. I night anyway. Yeah, what I guess, you know, the closest thing to a shitty Chinese. Um, that's the other thing as well is that the, the you know, in general, the, the restaurant was good. Like the, the quality of the food, I didn't feel shitty after eating it like I would when I get a, a you know, a, a dirty Chinese. Um, I probably will have the, have the curry, though, at some point just because, you know, that will probably be an option when I'm over. Uh, but yeah. So that's uh, that was good. And that I think that was about the peak of the of the, the life golf for me. Uh, pretty, pretty quiet week here. Yes. Uh, will we jump forth then uh, into uh, no telling off this week? Uh, Paul, what music off have you got for us? Oh, well, I've been doing that thing where I listen to artists or bands' like entire discography, just like chronologically from the start to the finish. Um, because, um, and one thing I'm going to try and do this week as well is listen to more stuff from 2020 because last week's award show that was some pathetic shite <laughs> um, but uh, yeah this week started off listening to all of the albums from System of a Down which is a metal band that I really really like I've never seen live because they never fucking come to Ireland but um, I like their stuff so I listened to, listened to five of their albums um, pretty much like them all equally i think they're they're all great in in different ways some of them are very kind of industrial sounding and very kind of weird i would say and then some of them are very kind of fast and precise but they're they're all very good in their own ways and then i listened to kind of the two branching bands that kind of came from system of downs hiatus because they've not brought an album out since 2005 um, I listened to all of Serge Tankians, who's a singer, all of his solo albums. I, I have seen him live, which is very good. Um, he He's a bit more... Uh, he's a bit less weird, I would say, on his own. Kind of more what you'd expect from kind of a simple rock albums. Uh, and then I listened to the two Scars and Broadway albums, one of which is very good, and the other one is quite poor, uh, the newer one. Um, and then... Just starting uh, yesterday, started listening to the back catalogue of Oasis, Ooh. and uh, I'm currently on "Be Here Now." Um, just to give some background, uh, "What's the Story Morning Glory" was the first ever CD I owned. Oh wow! Um, let me tell you that same, same for me. I think that, that album real good. Let me just oh, <laughs> point that out. Um, 
weirdly enough, because because that was the first one that I owned, and I then went on to own Be Here Now, and then by the time, what would their next one have been? I don't remember what the the one, the, the, all the ones, the, like the next two or three that follow Be Here Now are kind of interchangeable for me. I can't remember which one was the, the next one that came out. But um, I kind of moved on from Waste by then. But because that was the first one I, I owned, I have never really given definitely maybe the attention that I think it deserves oh, yeah. based on what people have said oh, about yeah. it. Um, so started with that one. I definitely think it'll take me a few more listens to get into because knowing kind of the 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 polished, you know, later songs and albums of Oasis, although Be Here Now is definitely anything but polished. Um it's definitely a rougher, you know, version of Oasis. Mm-hmm. And although there's songs on it that you know like Supersonic, Live Forever, um Yeah. Etc. Those album tracks I, I were a little like not unmemorable or not bad or anything, but I was definitely like, okay, I'm gonna need to listen to this again to like properly get it. Whereas I think What's the story? Morning Glory. Like every track on it is great. Um, even though you know sometimes the lyrics are a bit simplistic. Um, nothing, nothing as bad as the lyrics of uh, some System of Down songs, by the way. Which, oh my god, those boys! Their music's good, but they they I could write better lyrics than them. Um, I Oasis lyrics I I quite like though. In the same way that I you know they're nowhere near as intricate as something like Arctic Monkeys, but they have that same kind of swagger which I liked about Arctic Monkeys when they started going. And although for some weird reason the word shine, I know it's like a joke, but it's in like half of the songs they say shine. (laughs) Um, Shine. Shine. I really quite enjoyed one thing that's good as well on Spotify. I don't know if people were, were aware of this, but if you want to check it out, um, at least for the first couple of albums, they they don't just have What's the Story, Morning Glory, or Be Here Now, or Definitely Maybe. They have instead the like three CD deluxe editions as yeah. the base versions. And they have um, on the extra discs demo versions of the songs sung by Noel, because obviously he wrote them and actually recorded the demos. So you've, you have songs which you know from the albums, sung by Liam, sung instead by Noel, and they have like a, a different vibe to them, because it doesn't quite have the snarl that Liam has. You know, they're kind of more ballady in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. And that was quite interesting listening to like, um, you know, She's Electric with Noel singing, or, um, you know, All Around the World with, from here now with Noel singing it. It's just quite a weird, uh, weird version of it. But like, I, I, I quite enjoy it. Um, so about halfway through, be here now. I actually don't think be here now is quite as bad as its reputation. Um, I think definitely the production on it is very poor. Um, but I think if the tracks were kind of stripped down a little bit, that they're 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 actually good songs in there. You know, which one is the one that has? Um, it's not. Do you know what I mean? All is, around is the it? world. No, well, all around, all around the world is obviously just fucking exit, like they're just wanking onto the mm. record, you know. But no, there's, there's <laughs> one song that is apparently like thirty guitar tracks or something on it, oh just over overlaid to make it sound really big. But like, obviously, it just sounds like, like a mess, you know. I think it's like the second track on the album. I don't remember what it's called. The one after, do you know what I mean? 
It's not Magic Pie. I think it's the one before Magic Pie. But it just has like you can't hear what the music is because it's it's too many too too much over layering mm-hmm. of the music. You can't mm-hmm. discern what the actual melody of the song is. I think that's you know the production is definitely kind of the problem of Be Here Now as opposed to the songwriting, which I think is is actually still fine. Um, I quite like All Around the World. Um, and I, I, I think, do you know what I mean, is okay, um, if a little generic-y for what their lead single from the album was. But mm-hmm. that album is so long. It's like an hour, hour ten or something. And half of the tracks are like seven minutes long. Especially, do you know what I mean? Which just kind of repeats itself endlessly for seven, eight minutes. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think the songwriting is still good. There's still some good songs on as well. Like Stand By Me, I think it's still quite good. Um, as I said, I, I, I do like All Around the World, even though it's just endless. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know that anything is going to come close to uh, Morning Glory for me, which is like... And Morning Glory, the song, by the way, is great. That's like towards the heavier end of the Oasis scale, but uh, definitely very, very good. And I know of the, the following albums... Um, that there's definitely some tracks that I, I quite enjoy, so I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to them again, because I haven't listened to Oasis in a very long time. And then I'm going to, once I've finished Oasis, I'll give um, High Flying Birds, which I've never listened to. I, I couldn't name you a single song. Uh, I'm going to give them a try, and I'll listen to a bit of Liam's various, what, BDI and mm-hmm. whatever else. See how they are. But yeah, nice to just kind of go back to... Uh, a childhood uh, band and kind of get back into them again. But that's all. I, have, I, I haven't started my New Year's resolution yet. I've listened to any 2020 music, but I'll try and listen to an album a week or something. Keep an eye on keep an eye on the uh, the charts. Um, I know that they're, the pops. they're releasing a, a new Mac Miller album, I think, like a posthumous Awesome, yeah. yeah, they put the the first track out there on Friday. Um, it was very good. It was very good. Nah. Uh, um, yeah, it was quite depressing, obviously. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I also would like to listen to more twenty twenty music. I think I would also just like to listen to more music in general. Mm. Um, I feel like if you really try and use Spotify to discover new music, it is actually an excellent tool. Yeah. I think they are one of the better kind of algorithm-driven apps out there. I think it is very good for that. So I want to use it more. Um, I don't have anything this week, but, you know, I, I, I'm going to try and, other than just listening to my same, like, handful of playlists over and over again, I want to try and, and you know, make an effort to listen to more music and, and more varied music. Um, on that note, actually, something I forgot to mention in LifeGuff, I got a, a free Google Nest Mini. Huh. Um uh, I don't know what the reason was. They seem to give these things away all the time. Spotify had a giveaway. Uh, I got this one for having YouTube Premium for a certain number of months. Um, not not I signed up for that purpose. They just messaged me like two weeks ago going, Oh, thanks for your support. Have a, yeah. have a speaker that listens to you, please. Um, <laughs> uh, as you might expect, I don't actually really use it for much other than just a, a speaker. Uh, it's it's not bad. I gotta you know um, uh, keep it around um, uh, and whatnot. But you know it 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 plays the news. It tells the weather. It plays songs. Um, uh, let me let me test it out. Right, I'm gonna move my microphone away so I don't yell into your ears. Okay, Google, play Wonderwall. 
Wonderwall by Oasis, sure. Playing on Spotify. Thank you, Google. All right, that's enough of that. Okay, Google, stop. Um, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's all right, and the sound quality is good. Uh, yeah, so you know, it's a uh, it's a sixty quid value, which is which is all right. You know, to get it as a freebie. Um, yeah, well, YouTube Premium is one service I will probably never cancel um, forever. Uh, I can't go back to watching YouTube with ads. Anytime I have to do it on like a public computer, I'm like, this is this is hellish. Um, um, although I will say that like, their original content looks like absolutely dreadful. Um, I I occasionally click over to that tab and it's like sitcoms and thrillers like starring Logan Paul and PewDiePie. I'm like, oh boy, okay, that's that that that'll be a new from me. Um, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so that's the uh, that's the music of there from Paul. Uh, do we want to jump into movie golf? Yeah, let's do a bit of movies. Yes, we do. Um, I've seen Star Wars, right? But we're gonna do a spoiler-filled discussion of it, and we're gonna do that at the end of the podcast, so people who ain't listened to it yet can just uh, stop where we yeah. end the podcast and then listen to it later, without Fair losing enough. any of the other content of the podcast. And um, that's the only movie I saw this week. Oh, okay. What about you, Joe? <laughs> um, I went to the cinema on Friday and saw. <laughs> Little women walking down the street, <laughs> little women, they've got tiny feet, little women. Um, yes, yeah, so we saw the new new version of Little Women. Mm. I know, Barry, you also saw this uh, yes. film, What is About Women. Um, so Michelle wanted to see it because she is a huge fan of the 1994 version mm-hmm. that stars Winona Ryder, Claire Danes, Susan Sarandon, Christian Bale. Um, I was intrigued to kind of see this one. Um, so I don't know what you thought about it, Barry. If you want to, you, you've not seen any other version, is that? No, and I, I haven't read the book either. No. Okay. Well, yeah, I assumed that. Um, <laughs> so, what, what did you make of it? I really loved it. Yeah, um, uh, I thought it was a really tremendous cast. Uh, a bit long, but I, I, don't, I don't think it outstayed its welcome necessarily. Um, uh, you know, I'm not typically into your kind of your period pieces and things like that, but. Um, no, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very sweet. I thought it was very sincere. Um, I, I'm not typically into things that are sort of about the life of toffs. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know... They as were far, toffs. They were poor. But they were, like, the richest poor yeah, people ever. Um, yeah. Ooh, it was I hate, very... I hate, I hate being poor. Ooh, in our big house. Oh, anyway, off to Europe, mummy. Off to Paris. <laughs> um... But no, yeah, I thought I thought all the characters were, you know, the the, the sisters were were really tremendous, um, uh, and and all the characters on the periphery were all right. Um, yeah, and it was just it was it was snappy and it was funny and it was it, it was charming and it was uh, uh, heartrending when it needed to be. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it again with no with no prior knowledge of uh, of, of the original story. Yeah, so having having seen the previous version and kind of comparing it to that, it. I thought it was good overall. I, d- I did enjoy it. Um, it, it. It changed the story. So typically, you know, the book and the previous movies have all been kind of linear. So it starts with their childhood and then it kind of shows them sort of growing up in the aftermath. So the fact that it, it played around with that was, uh, did spoil it slightly, I think, because if you're used to that, 
that kind of linear plot you get to see them kind of growing up and becoming women and there's a certain kind of charm and the, and the way you kind of grow with the characters mm-hmm. um i can kind of see why she did it and i think it it did give it more of a kind of classic sort of you know impactful script writing structure where you hit kind of all the beats and you build up the relationships in the kind of right way so that it all sort of you know flourishes at the end but it, it did it did kind of ruin the charm a little bit for me but i think it also meant it did some things better like the relationship between laurie and amy uh who's florence Pugh's character um that landed a lot better than the 94 version and also the uh the, the saddest scene in it um kind of lands a lot better as well so some things that it did better some other things where it kind of lacked that it was almost sort of too good, like almost too sort of um, well structured. Mm. To the point where it felt um, you could almost kind of see what was see the the workings. Um, but overall, still, still, I thought really good, and it looked looked great as well. Sir Sharon was great. I thought Florence Pugh really put on a kind of very she very kind of bratty attention seeking um, performance, which kind of suits her really well. Um, and also face Mel Street was was a delight. Yeah. See, so yeah, overall, the only thing I didn't like was especially as well was that Timothy Chalamet uh, didn't grow a little beard <laughs> like Christian Bale did uh, in the '94 version. Um, so I think the big problem is he kind of goes from playing a teenage boy to this sort of older sort of playboy type character, but he kind of just looks the same. <laughs> you know, he looks like a twelve-year-old. You need the little beard, Tim. That's what I'm saying. Just next time, think about it. Yeah, because I think I think uh, otherwise, I think they actually did a very good job um, making the 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 main characters look different in the two eras they're flicking back and forth between. Yeah. Um, without like an excess of like prosthetics or anything, you know, you know, like that. Uh, Florence Pugh, in particular, I mean, they just have they have really really work hard to to make her seem like a a bratty 14 year old with her hair in pigtails kind of causing trouble and then you know you flash forward and she's kind of like this dignified lady artist um trying to find her way um she's great in it i mean i think she's had a tremendous year when you consider every you know she had this midsummer and fighting with my family all in one uh, all in one calendar year, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, her, and Adam Driver just nonstop making movies, just bashing them out at all times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, really, really, really uh, top notch stuff um, uh, from the old Gerwig there. Um, uh, see anything else, Joe? Uh, no, that was it. Okay. Uh, for the first time in ages, I watched Shrek today while hungover. Um, Don't care. It's all right. Um, it's uh, as, as you might expect. It has an age, especially well. I forgot how it, 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 there's a lot of kind of referential humor in it, um, and you can kind of look look at it and go, "Oh yeah, this is really the time period where it was like DreamWorks were churning stuff out, and this is the most well-regarded one." But even this is not; it wouldn't hold a candle to to Pixar um, of any era, really. Um, but it's okay. It's all right. You know, um, uh, it's it's funny. Uh, I, th- I actually I think it's kind of 
the thing that's kind of endeared over time is I see the characters are nice and the arc is good, more so than the humor, which does not really hold up at all. Um, uh, I forgot how many like contemporary songs there are in it. Like it kicks off with uh, All Star, but it just keeps going. Like there's just constantly like there's not a song from like before 1998 in that movie. Um, uh, so yeah, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. And that has that was. Um, Oh, sorry. No, I'm actually uh, overlooking a, a movie. I, I, a much better movie I watched. Uh, I finally watched Mother this week. Mother. The, uh, the Darren Aronofsky thing um, uh, from a couple of years ago, uh, which I kind of put off watching because the way uh, I was just... Everyone was going on about it. I was like, uh, whatever. Um but we were having a Netflix night, and I was like, we watched Mother. i com- completely forgotten what it was other than Darren Aronofsky made it and, and Jennifer Lawrence was in it. I couldn't remember kind of what the vibe of it was, and then I was was pretty taken aback by it, as as you would be the first time you watched that movie. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was really, really excellent. Um, obviously, as, as a lot of people probably would have noted way back when it came out, I think it is a very on-the-nose metaphor, so much so that I think it almost loops back around to not even really being a criticism because I think it's just that's just what the film is it's just telling that story uh, sort of unapologetically um yeah. but um it uh it, it's more so than the 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 metaphor being very um on the nose I think my big criticism of it is just I think some of the writing is just very ham-fisted and awkward and I think it's kind of a testament to Aronofsky as a director that he sort of overcomes his own shortcomings as a writer in the same movie. Um, uh, I read after the fact, I mean, I was reading about this film after I, I watched it, that he wrote the script in about five days, which extremely makes sense and is believable. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the better kind of films I'd seen in terms of... Uh, conveying the feeling of, of of being like a nightmare, like it is a very dreamlike movie, um, uh, and it's very affecting in its in its creepiness in that sense. Uh, so it was very 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 good. Really stuck with me for quite a while after I watched it. Um, so yeah, big thumbs up on that. That's on Netflix as well. If if you're like me and, you, and you're a latecomer and haven't seen it yet, but um, yeah, that was my that was my movie up there this week. And obviously, we'll chat about Star Wars later. Yeah, I love Mother, by the way. Mm. That was my favorite movie of 2017. Above, uh, and keep in mind, I'm not saying better than, but my favorite movie that year above uh, Get Out, Moonlight, Good Time, Logan. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I love I love a good nightmare film, and that's uh, certainly a really good one. Oh, especially in the last little bit, but we say no more of that. Mm. Really good, really really good. Uh, will we jump into the old predictions then? Uh, we have our last year's predictions and our this year's predictions to do. Yeah. Uh, so do. Do you want to jump into that? Let's do it. Hell yeah. So will we kick off with last year's predictions? Yeah, go on. Let's see how okay. Oh, bad we were. <laughs> All righty. So the first prediction here I asked was who will win the men's and women's Royal Rumble? Uh, I said Seth Rollins and Charlotte. Uh, Paul said uh, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. 
uh, and Joe echoed my sentiment there on uh, Seth Rollins and Charlotte. So I get uh, me and Joe are going to get one point on that. Paul's going to get two because, of course, it was Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, the power couple of WWE. Uh, uh, walked out of the Royal Rumble with the wins there. Yeah, I'll be honest. During this, you're gonna have to tell us the predictions and then what actually happened because I've no <laughs> no idea who won the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I I do remember Becky winning. I have no memory of Seth Rollins winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah, the the men the men's match was yeah. Uh, question number two: Does the Undertaker wrestle at WrestleMania this year? Me and Paul said no. Joe said yes. Oh, shit. Uh, so a point to me and Paul there. Uh, question number three: Does anyone graduate, quote unquote, from NXT UK to WWE proper? Uh, we all said no. I'm going to give us points on that because I'm not going to count the invasion stuff for Survivor no, Series. No. Uh, the only person who's really moved is Pete Dunne, and he's still on NXT as well. So we're we're, we're all going to get a point on that one. Yeah. We age get to the point on this next one, baby. Uh, Do Progress and or ICW finally come to WWE Network this year? We all said yes. Um, And we were wrong. That story seems like it's been in the ether for about three years now. Basically since this all began in 2016. um, That's that's been the case. Uh, The Evolve debut was this year, I believe. Um, Yeah. The the but again that has you know that was an interesting development but that did not that did not become a regular fixture. Um, yeah, I don't think so, it was as big a deal. Yeah, it really wasn't. Was be. Um, uh, anyway, question number five: What kind of distribution will AEW have? Obviously, AEW announced their existence on January first last year, so we were we were still very much in the formative times. Um, I said cable television, three all-in pay-per-views, uh, and that it will be on traditional pay-per-view. Uh, I will. Are they on traditional pay-per-view? I don't think they are. Are they? They're on Bleacher Report. Um, are they on regular pay-per-view? Can you get them on... I have no idea. I have no idea either. I, okay, I'll, I won't give myself a point on that one. Uh, I said three all-in style pay-per-views. Um, so they've had Double or Nothing... Oh, yes, I, I, they had Double or Nothing, All Out, and um, Full Gear. Yeah. Uh, so I will, I'll give myself two points on that one. And Cable TV Ooh. is correct. Um, Paul said television show and three pay-per-views um, so uh, I'll give him two points on that Paul just said television show me and Joe were specific maybe I shouldn't give Paul a point yeah, for saying they'll have- you're not getting a point for saying they'll have a television show yeah. I'm being strict here on this one um, Joe said cable television and two online pay-per-views oh, uh, they do have online but they had three three pay-per-views so I'll give I'll give Joe a point on that one yeah Yes. Wait a minute! I did I get a point for television show? Because no, 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 I'm giving I'm giving him a point for cable TV, not for okay, for, okay, okay, okay. All right, put my guns away. All right, uh, here we go. Oh god, this is another stinker of a of a of a, of a collection of answers. Uh, predict who will jump from WWE to AEW, if anyone. I said Cesaro and Mickey James. <laughs> Paul said Grand Metallic and Paul Heyman. <laughs> uh, 
Paul Heyman went the other direction. He ended up getting like an executive job in WWE. Um, and uh, Joe said Carl uh, Anderson and Luke Gallo. So absolutely zero there um, uh, for us. Uh, number seven. Any XFL predictions, television deals, etc. I said, announce a streaming service, not on WWE Network, and that they would have a women's division. Um, <laughs> a big no on that one. Paul said, announce a non-US franchise. Discount for XFL Network if you've WWE Network. Nothing on that one. Uh, and Joe said, announce a streaming service or partner. Uh, sign Kaepernick. They did not sign Kaepernick, and they have not got a streaming. Oh, hang on, hang on. They tried to sign Kaepernick. I think I should get a point for that. No. no yes, no, no. they tried. The, that the prediction says sign him. Oh, that. Oh, that's no, 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 no. Uh, post question number eight. Post WrestleMania call up for either gender for either brand. I said Shayna Baszler. Paul said Velveteen Dream. Joe said Johnny Gargano. Absolutely nothing there again. Uh, so not not a great showing here. And finally, number nine. Any additional guesses? I said New Japan to pair with AEW. Walter will not stay with with WWE and Kenny Omega to AEW. I get one whole point for that. Uh, Paul said, Undertaker into the Hall of Fame. Walter will appear on a non-NXT UK WWE show and Impact Wrestling Falls. I'll give I'll give Paul a point there uh, for that one. Uh, Joe said, British Bulldog goes into the Hall of Fame. WrestleMania main event will be a women's match. Yeah. World of Sport does not return to ITV yeah. this year. Two points for Joe there. Yes. Um, ending yes. On well done, Joe. Uh, did you, uh, World of Sports, funnily enough, as we enter 2020, they are teasing a return again. But, I mean, who could care at this stage? Yeah, who's going to be on it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Who's left? Half, half the people on the original run are now in NXT. Um, all right. I got one, two, three, five, six. I got, I, I got six points in total. Whoa. Paul got... Paul also got six, uh, and Joe got Joe got five. Oh. So me and Paul, me and Paul are the joint kind of least pathetic losers <laughs> um, in that in that thoroughly terrible um, uh, uh, prediction game. Well, 2019 uh, was a bit of a weird year, to be fair. Um, yeah, it, well, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Um, uh, okay. I'm pulling up the... Uh, based on based on those predictions, I'm just adding something here to our, our 2020 predictions. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. It's funny because uh, when I was pulling up these uh, these things, I, I accidentally pulled up the 2018 predictions. And God, it used to be stuff like Money in the Bank winner when we actually watched oh, uh, the, the shows enough to have a guess on that. They still have that? I think they do, yeah. Didn't Brock Lesnar win it this year? He just come down during the match and was like, this is mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was shit. <laughs> Correct. 
All right. And, and like, I have very few, like, result WWE-focused questions for 2020. And even they are really hard because I, no, I have no interest. Um, okay. Question number one in our 2020 predictions, uh, as, as they have done for the last couple of years. These will be stored away on the old notes app on my phone, and I will revisit them uh in in um uh twenty twenty one this time next year and we'll 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 have another guffawing session over how bad we did. Uh Royal Rumble winners I will I'll start myself here and I'll, I'll we'll we'll swap for each each question. Uh God I really do not have a <laughs> a, a, a conviction um uh on this one. Um uh, oh God who the fuck do they even have? Um and like I, I don't even think it'll be they could shock you with Brock because he's in the Rumble this year. Yeah, uh, they've only announced Brock and Roman, haven't they? No, there's a whole list. No, they've announced they've announced some geeks. They've announced oh, some geeks. Right. <laughs> Drew uh, McIntyre, very mysterious. Yeah. Um, and Elias. Yeah. Um. Oh God. Um, I feel like there's the only kind of viable options are like the already made people who've won like Seth, Roman, um, I'll say Roman just cause yeah, I'll just say Roman and uh, for the women hmm. who are the champions even who the fuck would they be fair okay <laughs> Becky is Becky is the champion oh. who's the Smackdown champion uh, Bailey. Oh. So it has to be a baby face on SmackDown or a heel on Raw. I'll say I'll say Sasha. That seems like they could do Sasha Becky. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, let's go to Joe. Oh Jesus. Um. All right. For the women, I'm going to go Charlotte because she hasn't won it yet. And uh, she's in it, so you know, yeah, could happen. Um, as for the men, I oh, got this. Would they go Roman again? Possibly. AJ, I don't think. Oh, I don't even know who's in the main events anymore. To be honest. Um. Oh, Baron Corbin. <laughs> Who is Bray Wyatt still the champion? Yeah. So not Bray Wyatt then. Um. God. This is going to be death. Um. Oh, let me just pick a name. And they can't. How can Brock win it? That won't make any sense. Yeah, I was thinking, like, he has to get... I, I think I was tweeting the other day, if he wins it, he has to be getting laid out, like, through a table mm. or something in the first five minutes, because he's not staying in there for 60 minutes. He'll explode. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm... Ugh, they're not going to give it to Braun, are they? Also, he's the champion as well, which is weird. Well, that, so. I know, that's what... I, I don't understand that. What, what, how? Um, oh, fuck it. Go for Roman as well. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. I I have the day off after the rumble. I'm going to watch it, but 
I'm not going to stay up, obviously, but I'm going to mm. watch it. Am uh, I stay up and watch it live? That's because you're a big fucking dirty mark. Dirty jabronski. Yeah. At oh, least it'll be, it'll be a surprise this year, because I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. last year, you know, <laughs> I got the predictions right. But I think last year there was a consensus that like Seth was going to win and probably yeah. Becky. Like, I, I don't think I pulled those out of me whole, you know. I think there was a... At least some some talk about who was the obvious this year. I have no fucking idea. But I will go for. Do you say Roman, Joe? Did you? Yes. Okay. I'll go for a couple of left field predictions here. Mm. I'll go for Rey Mysterio to win the men's rumble. Oh, and I'm gonna say for the women's, I'm gonna say Ronda Rousey will win. Oh, hello, hey, hello, hey. hello. Ray Ronda. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to laugh at these next year. <laughs> Paul said Ronda was going to win. She announced she was pregnant a week later. <laughs> Alrighty. Next question. What is the WrestleMania main event? And uh, for this, I'll say this now. You're, we are looking for the last match on the card. You're not getting yeah. any points for correctly guessing anything else. Um, I will go to Joe this time. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear the question. WrestleMania main event, the last, the last match on the card. Ooh, baby! Um, mm, 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 mm. I'm gonna see that it's Ooh, I don't have a clue, baby. I will say um, CM Punk versus Triple H. <laughs> because that is the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. Hey, wrestling Triple H, pal. <laughs> that is changing the culture. <laughs> okay, uh, Paul. I'll say uh, Ronda Becky Lynch. So I'm kind of going in two for one there on my. If Ronda don't show up to Rumble, I am mm. fucked. <laughs> I just feel like that's kind of a natural direction for Ronda going. A you natural direction? Well, me watching that match, what can I say? Oh, God. Um... For an unnatural direction, go to Bluetooth. Uh, dot com, I think that's their website. Oh, like, I'm just, like, maybe this just shows how out of tune we are with wrestling, but, oh, I'm just thinking of all the possible things it could be, and I'm like, if Roman is winning, then, like, are they doing Roman and The Fiend in the last match at WrestleMania? I don't think so. Um, and then, but then I was like, could they do Roman Bryan as a face versus face match? But then you're begging, then you're begging for Roman to get booed again. Um, so I think I'll just go with a women's match. I'll say Sasha versus Becky, okay. which I don't, which I don't think is main eventing, but I have no fucking clue. Mm. <laughs> um, All right. Um, next question. Uh, kind of de facto answered for Joe already. Does CM Punk wrestle this year? 
Paul. Uh, yes. Okay. Joe, am I sticking you down for a yes? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm going I'm to hedge my bets and say no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's already sold out his, his values. Like, what's, what's keeping him from wrestling? Oh, fuck it. I think he will. I think he will. And I'm going to say no as well. I'm going to say no. I don't think so. Um, uh, next question. Uh, will AEW be renewed on TNT? Um, I am going to go first on this one. Uh, they do have a one-year deal, so it's October to October, I believe. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I would say yes as well. Uh, Joe? Uh, yeah, 100% yes. Okay. I think that's an easy one. Watch that be wrong. Um, uh, one jump to AEW that you predict. And uh, I will go to Joe for this. One jump to AEW. Um, so does this have to be someone who's on WWE. So in someone in WWE, co- currently contracted to WWE? Yeah. Yeah. Like Luke Harper's already left, so yeah, that... yeah, yeah, yeah. A WWE active WWE guy, an active bro. WWE guy. guy. Um, let me have a quick look for this. Hmm. Hmm. I, I feel like they've signed so many people into long-term deals. Like I don't even know. Who could jump? I'll uh, say Matt Hardy. Oh, Seems, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm just pulling the roster up to have a look. Um, I think that's oh, a very okay. good pick. I might. It is a good pick. I might have to steal that one. No, you fucking copy my pick. <laughs> copy my bad picks. Um. Okay. Let me have a gander. Let me have a goo. Let me have a little look. <sighs> God. Um. <sighs> I'll I'll say I'll I'll go a little sideways on. I'll not quite copy Joe's pick. I'll say Jeff Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do think Matt Hardy's the more likely of the two, though. Um, fair enough. Uh, I am going. Uh, this is a fairly obvious one, but I, I will say the revival. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, next question. I would. I, I would nearly think nobody. Is, is actually will end up being the answer, but let we'll, we'll stick with actual picks. Just yeah, well, uh, if you want to say nobody, that's that could be fine, but that's your pick, you know. No, no, I'll pick up. I'll, I'll, right, I'll, I'll if I can, I'll say nobody if I that could be my pick. Okay, yeah, uh, it's better better than saying Jeff Hardy when Joe has said match. Yeah, I think Matt Hardy is probably if anyone the most likely, but I'll say nobody. Uh, next question. Will so we got some AEW questions coming up because you know more interesting in it. Um, will AEW and New Japan officially partner up? Uh, let's start with Paul. No. Uh, Joe. Um, I'll say no. No official partnership. 
I am also saying no on that one. Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, next question. Who will beat Chris Jericho for the AEW title? Uh, Le Champion. Uh, I'm going first on this one. I will say Moxley. Uh, Joe? Uh, Moxley as well. Paul? You mean this current reign? Who's going to this? Be... This reign, this reign he's on. Yeah, it's it's going to be Moxley. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sorry, if we're if we're so... wrong at this, then oh boy. Sorry to be redundant, but yeah, it's got to be Moxley, obviously. Sure, it's not Jeff Hardy. Well, I... <laughs> it's very disrespectful. <laughs> Alrighty. Next question. This is a story that's going to kick off very soon. Although you wouldn't know it from the buzz. Does the new XFL survive the year? Uh, Joe. Um, yes, because I think Vince is going to spunk as much money as he needs to to keep it going for three years. So, yeah. So, okay. what survives the year in what sense? What, what? Uh, well, for like... context, the, the, first one, the first one launched, had its first show in February of 01 and was folded by May. Um, so, so that one was such a failure that it was gone in three, like officially gone in three months. Yeah. So, do, do you, so it's now if it's a now if it's a massive shit show, but it hasn't officially folded. I'm I'm going to count that as surviving. I'll say uh, it won't survive. You say it won't. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to say it won't. I, I have I have no for that. Um, wow. Um, they have a de- it seems like they have decent TV deals, but like they actually had an excellent TV deal the last time. I think uh, the but... attention span of the world is so worse than it was back then, and there's so many other channels for people, and I don't mean TV channels, but like YouTube and everything for people to pay. Like no one's got to watch this fucking thing. <laughs> there's got to be even a, a bigger bomb than last time. <laughs> yeah, but look how shit Raw and SmackDown are. And they still get paid. <laughs> Billions. I know, but that's almost like habit watching, and XFL doesn't even have that. Mm, maybe. Anyway. Alrighty. And uh, our. Uh, uh, I was in, I was in on that as well. Uh, so yeah. So the the last one. Here we go, lads. All right. This, yeah, this is the last time I'm putting this question on here. Indies on the WWE Network. All right, your progress. Your ICW, your WXW, and your Evolve. All your little affiliate good boys and girls. Are they on the network uh, by the end of this calendar year? I'm going to learn from my mistakes and say no. Joe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Oh. It's funny because I think the buzz about it happening has died down. If anything, like the you don't quite hear as much talk about it as you used to. So, despite that very sound logic, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> okay, because they're going to run out of WWE stuff to put on eventually. They have to have something. Yeah, do they? Yeah. Have you seen all the original content shit they put on that thing? Carmella, did you bonk John Cena back then? Oh my god! 
Oh my god. That is so untrue. A B U. Anyway. Alrighty. That is our prediction guff done for another year. Do we have any are we gonna do a, a any other prediction question? Uh, I wasn't going to, but uh, yeah, we can we can we can throw that in here. Uh, uh let me pull up these here. Do 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 any other Okay. Uh, go ahead, Paul. Well, I don't have any thought of, so just give me a minute. <laughs> uh, All right, we get. I have one. Ahead. I have one. I have one. I'm, but I'm going to try and think of like three. Um. Um. Okay, that's two. Let me get the third one. Um. Uh, um sorry listeners, I know this isn't great uh audio here, but I'm thinking of a third prediction and this is a very important game and I wanna win it next year. Um uh uh um. Okay, I have three predictions. You want me to go first while you guys are thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I have three predictions. First prediction: General managers return to Raw and SmackDown. Okay. Okay. Number two, John Moxley to wrestle for the IWGP heavyweight title at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then number three is a bit more of a... Uh, and in other news, number three, Batista to cry during his Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, Joe? Ooh, um, okay, I'm going to say Undertaker to wrestle in this calendar year. That's mm-hmm. all, just what, at least one match. I'm going to say AEW announces a... I'm going to say either Dynamite tapings for the UK or a pay-per-view for the UK. Okay. So some some kind of t- taping. Yeah, yeah. A TV, TV show or pay-per-view in... In the United Kingdom and or Ireland. Um, <clears throat> just to hedge my bets there. Just yeah, to say, announce it for Dublin or something. The British Isles. In these Isles that we call home. Um, and the third one. Hmm, um, I'm going to say... Donald Trump appears on WWE TV <laughs> to promote his re-election campaign in November. Uh, excellent. <laughs> if all three of those things happen, I'll be very happy. Um, that would be very good. Okay, those those are some good picks so far. Uh, all right, mine. I'm going to say I will say Heyman will be ousted as the whatever he is of Raw. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, the, the, he's executive vice president of that show, I think he is, or some shit like that. Yeah, some bollocks. Uh, from Raw. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, AEW will have more than one intergender match um, this year. So I'm not going to count a one-off. And also, I'm not counting mixed tags here. I'm talking real deal intergender. Yeah. Um, not necessarily one-on-one, but I, you know, I want men fighting women. Well, I don't want it, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I'm one-one intergender match. Um, and uh, I'll stick with AEW. Uh, Uh, Tony Khan will have at least one actual promo on AEW. Okay, mm. he'll appear. He'll appear as an on-screen character. Yeah, yeah. So more than that thing with him behind the door. Yeah, more than that. I, 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 I'm expecting him to do a Triple H thing where he's in the ring opening the show. Okay. <laughs> it comes out and resets. Uh, <laughs> On TV. All right, there we go. I think those are some solid predictions right there. Uh, do we want to move from that into the rest of the wrestle golf? Sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to kick off with there? Ah, well, we all watched Wrestle Kingdom to some degree yeah. last weekend. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Yeah, it was great. Um, uh, I thought the the two day format was pretty good. I would have liked it if. Um, if the two-day format resulted in the shows being shorter, mm-hmm. um, and a bit more, and, and a bit more varied, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I just need the the typical five hours of Wrestle Kingdom, but twice back to back. That's a lot of wrestling to try and get through um, uh, in a weekend. Yeah. Although it was it was great that it was a weekend. I'll say that as well. True. And it won't always be a weekend, but this year it was. No. I don't know how many 40-minute Jay White matches I can do in a weekend, though. No, I skipped that. Uh, I skipped the losers match on night two. I abs- have an absolutely none of that. Yeah. Well, I wasn't so lucky. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really, really enjoyed the, obviously, the Osprey-Takashi match. Mm. And I really enjoyed the Okada- um, Ibushi match, even more. I think that was far and away the best match of the the weekend. Um, yeah, the Ibushi match was was tremendous. Uh, you kind of got to see that 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 mean streak of Ibushi, yeah. bit of a different side of him. But God, he was awesome. Yeah, I like uh, that they did. Um, you know, not 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 necessarily character stuff, but just you know, a, a face isn't necessarily hundred percent always a, a good guy who play by the rules and and vice versa. You know. Um, and yeah, they 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 showed that even the most virtuous fighter can, you know, go through periods of frustration and do things they wouldn't normally do. And yeah, it got violent, and it was great. Um, I think day two was was I wouldn't say far lesser of the two days, but maybe I was just a bit burnt out on it all. But uh, yeah. I, I I would I I would say that I would say it was the the weaker it was I'd the weaker. Yeah, um, 
I just kind of was a bit tired of it all. I, th- I thought that the Naito Okada match, especially towards the end, was really fun. Um, and I'm not a huge Naito fan, but I thought it was no, probably the, the best I've seen of him. Um, even the Naito J White match, I, I quite enjoyed like the last five minutes of it, but everything before that I found a bit of a slog. Um, I was a little and. You might want to hold on to your jaw here, Barry, lest it kind of fall onto the floor. I was a little bit underwhelmed with the Moxley uh, Archer match. Well, you're not the only person I heard say that, so I, I'm not that surprised. Yeah, I, 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 I like it. I mean, I wasn't expecting, you know, Omega Moxley, but given that it was billed as a Texas Death match, and Archer and Moxley are kind of, you know, crazy madmen, I just kind of found it a bit. Not tame, but that, like it felt like a WWE match. Yeah, I, I've heard that exactly. A little yeah, bit. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're not known on that. That was it. And I felt it was very sloppy as well. At parts like choke slams where he would just like completely let go of him and lose him mid move, and it's like, oh, that that wasn't very good. Um, I just didn't think it was that exciting. I don't know. Mm. I, I wasn't. I wasn't that into it. As as I maybe my expectations were were. You know they were understandably sky high, and like they weren't quite met. Maybe that's why. Maybe maybe just disappointment. Disappointment was the 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 better word for it. But uh, yeah, a little bit underwhelmed with it, a little bit let down by it. Um, I think I like the juice match more, and even that wasn't quite quite as good as like the first juice uh, Robinson Moxley match. Um. Yeah, a little bit disappointed that there wasn't more for... I think we talked already about this, but, like, you know, given the year that Shingo has had, like, there wasn't anything for him to do on the two shows. And that's why I say that I would have liked it to be more varied, because it's a two-day event, and you're kind of seeing, for the most part... Okay, not always, because you obviously had, like, Tanahashi, Jericho on night two. But you're seeing, for the most part, the same guys on two nights. It's like, okay, give me... Half on one night and half on the second night, like a like a G one A block and a G one B block, almost, you know, where it keeps it fresh by having different people. This was a little too like a, a little too much of the same people getting you get, get burned out on that a little bit too too quick. Um, I also was very displeased that Chris Jericho's theme song was edited for music right reasons. Was it? Yeah, he didn't come out to fuzzy. It was just some generic rock riff. Ooh. Yeah, very, very bad. I loved all the Liger stuff, obviously. Yeah, the Liger stuff was lovely. Um, those matches were, were perfect for what they wanted to be. Um, with with regards to the, the comparison of Night 1 and 2, I, I mean, Night 1 had, like, those filler tag matches, but then all the high-profile stuff, I thought, was, was, was pretty great. Yeah. Whereas on Night 2, it was just like Goto and Kenta. It was like it was good by the end, but I didn't go crazy for it. And like I said, you, that, I, I just thought in general doing the like the like basically the third place like uh, loser's bracket match with, with Jay White and Ibushi was kind of pointless. And, yeah. and you know, um, yeah. So so I, I thought Night 1 was stronger, but I mean, I mean the Night, night 2 main event was excellent as well. Um yeah, really great stuff, and I thought they set up a lot of interesting directions for the rest of the New Japan year. Um, I, You know, the Naito thing is a long time coming, and I thought it was pretty ballsy to have Kenta go out and um, shit on it, basically. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the Suzuki-Moxley thing was a highlight as well. 
Oh, that was tremendous. And then he did the press conference, Suzuki, where he walked backstage and kicked, kicked the chair. Oh, he's great. And then he, he did the Hulk Hogan table flip. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch uh, to watch New Year's Dash because I was just like, oh, I've watched fucking 11 hours of wrestling. No more. Yeah, yeah. But by all accounts, the, uh, the Shingo Goto tag match was excellent. And I really need to check that out. Yeah, I'll I, I watch that show as well because apparently the, the, the proper Liger ceremony was excellent by all accounts. You might recall Goto Shingo being my match of the year last week. So Yes. I'm very much. Apparently they're doing another one, and I'm like, yes, please. I'll sign up on that. Uh, yeah, they have a, yeah, they have a lot of shows coming up soon because they have an American tour as well. So yeah, lots of just pen on the horizon. They announced the next kind of big show as well with all the, like, Kenta, Naito, and. That's in February, is it? Mm. That'd be quite good. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, Wrestle Kingdom. It was it was top notch stuff. I mean, especially uh, those two matches. If people haven't obviously understand, we had the time mm. to watch the whole thing. Uh, you definitely want to see Osprey, Takahashi, and Ibushi Okada from Night One. It's kind of fun. yeah, the best of the bunch. Uh. AEW had uh, a return to dominance in the ratings this week. Uh, it seems like the, the clip show last week probably hurt NXT because they were back to normal programming this week and they did not bounce back uh, ratings-wise. It was quite the quite the, the, the win for AEW. They were back up just underneath a million. Uh, but the show was bad. Uh, this was I thought this was the first properly bad episode of Dynamite since the start. I mean, I thought I thought it was a mixed bag. I thought like the first hour, I would def I would say yes, absolutely. I thought the second hour was fine, with some real good stuff in it. But that first hour was stinky. Okay. And the the women's match, of course, which a lot of people were talking about, oh was um, oh uh, was just really terrible, and it was really uh, uh, antithetical to what you wanted AEW to be. Yeah. Uh just too much bollocks, just way too much bollocks. Um uh, yeah, and I I would have much preferred to see Chris Statlander and Riho just have a match. Mm. I mean I don't know how how often you can say the same thing about Brandy Rhodes, but like just hor- horrible on commentary. Horrible job. Um and I think, to be fair, I think nowadays the distinction between heat and go-away heat is, like, it's less distinctive than ever, right? Because good heels, quote-unquote, are just cheered by the fans. So there's, there's no real heat in the sense of what it used to be. But, like, to me, Brandy Rhodes and the whole shtick is, you know... I don't want to watch this. <laughs> you know? I, I'm never thinking, well, I hope this lady gets her comeuppance. Because um, she comes in and she the first thing she says is like, I don't care about this match. I might as well have a nap. Like, You're running this company. Why is this? And then, even when she's... I, I, like, I, I've talked in the past about how her delivery isn't like very natural. She always sounds like she's, you know reading the script and really emphasizing every word more than it needs to be but then I think she just talks like that <laughs> because she sounded exactly like that mm. on commentary 
Either that or all all of the lines were like written in advance. Horrible stuff. Yeah, Horrible. it was it was terrible. Yeah, and then the oh, yeah. I don't even want it. And then they're like um Luther come out from under the ring and Excalibur's like, That's the Japanese deathmatch guy. Yeah, like that, they they had that problem with the butcher and the blade as well. Acting, having Excalibur know, like pretend that they're these really notorious people when they're when they're so not is is um, uh, really bad. Yeah. Um. Maybe yeah. The better direction to do it is just to be like, Who, who's that guy, and then just do like a little, uh, what's it called, a little vignette the following week. And Brandy can introduce them or something. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't like that either. But it is, yeah, I don't know. A weird, a weird hire as well. I will say by AEW, this fifty-year-old bloke with a arrow drawn on his head or whatever. Well, yeah, it just screams because he's 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 a, lo- a long-time friend of Chris Jericho's. Um, Ugh, uh, right. So it just screams like that, you know, nepotism. That nepotism, yeah. Like they, he. Among other things, he worked in in War, which is where Jericho kind of got a, one of his first breaks in Japan. Hmm. Um, uh, I don't know how how you know how extensively their friendship goes, but that was one of the first things I saw because actually I I had heard his name uh, within the context of like the previous vignettes where they weren't showing who he was. Yeah. Um. So apparently, people were like, "No, it's really obviously this guy," and I was like, "Oh, that's as disappointing as you could possibly get." <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was bad. Um, and the rest of the show was like mostly like all right, but not great. Well, they followed um, that up immediately with the Dark Order segment. Yeah, yeah. Jim Ross going, well, there's a lot of uh, spooky recruitment gimmicks going on here tonight. <laughs> yeah. uh, X. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> Jim Ross is on something on this show as well. Um, yeah, he was. Well, he usually is, you know. Yeah. Um, are they doing an alcoholism gimmick with Hamlin Page? Is that what? Is that what it is? No. I, I so there's kind of a uh, like a, a running joke that the whoever's putting up the graphics doesn't like him. Um, right. It's just like a little. I don't know if it's fleshed out more. Um, on the being the elite or whatever, but it's just a, it's a little joke. It's not anthem. because although he does seem to be having a weird feud with a private party where yeah, there's like this. He went in and got a drink, but then after the match, he went into the crowd and was drinking beers again. I was like, is that what they're doing? Is it a? Is he? Is is that why? I mean, it's not exactly subtle if that's what they are doing, but like the fact that he's like not getting on with the books and not getting on with Omega is that like is the drinking changing who he is? is you know, is I don't know. We'll see, but that's a, a a really strange direction to go in. If that's what it is, what they're doing, put the drink down, Adam. Do an intervention mm. for him on dynamite. Mm. Um. Then you had Cody Dustin with Aaron Anderson, which I, I tell you what, I like the idea of you know the coach in the sense of like you know a sport, like you know mm. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at United and the. Um, I'll be in a good one, um, but I don't think the Aaron Anderson Cody thing is working at all. <laughs> it's just, no, it's weird. Especially when like was it last week where he like t- 
touched the knee, and then Cody knew to put his knees up for Darby Allen. Like, oh yeah, and what? Yeah, was getting the knees up trick. Yeah. yeah, as if Cody would know otherwise. Oh yeah, yeah. But did you see? Aaron touched his knee. That's how Cody knew. And then this week, Aaron is like kicking the chair, the little f- most feeble kick in the world to kick the chair out of the hands of Phoenix or whoever it was. And then um, Dustin Rhodes did a Canadian Destroyer on Phoenix and then did like a, a boring suplex move and that was the finish. <laughs> Why was the Destroyer not the finish? Why is it's 2020. It's 2020. I know, but why is the Canadian Destroyer a setup for a lame finish move? Listen, when you have worked in five decades like Dustin Rhodes, then you can preach, okay? All right, fair enough. Um, the 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 main event segment was just uh, I think they were teasing for ages that um, I kind of rolled my eyes at. I thought it was executed well because Jericho's great. But it also went on forever, the whole Moxley inner circle thing. Yeah. Uh, where he's like, oh, I'm joining them. And they all cheered and they drank champagne and then he turned on them. And I was like, yeah, it was cute. But I thought it was I, I, I thought it was really fun. I would have liked him to have a stronger line for the, the, the reveal, though. Yeah, you know in WWE. Where he just goes, oh, I was kidding. I would like something like, you know, he goes, Chris... I changed my mind. Or, you know, so, something big that the crowd can pop to. But to just go, oh, uh, I was kidding. Like, it, like, he did it in a throwaway way instead of that being... Like that. Well, to me, that should be the focal point of the segment, you know? Um, I don't know. I quite like the deadpan. It kind of fits, I think, the character he usually goes for. Like, the, you know, he referred to himself as trying to be, you know, kind of John, John McClane-esque. Yeah. But, like, the fact that it was kind of... Uh, yeah, I was kidding. I'm not, you know, yeah, no, nah, the group sucks. Uh, I do want that, though. And then, bang, hit some of the champagne. I, I liked, I liked it. I liked it. I, I did. I liked he it. did a little bit of the bubbly as well. So, you know, <laughs> perfect segment. Perfect segment. Oh, perfect segment. I mean, it would have been a perfect segment if he had a better, for me, a better little line there. Um, And then he smashed him on the head with a bottle. Um, kind of an allegory for Chris Jericho's own life there. Um, maybe it's him doing the alcoholic gimmick. What did you make of the DDP stuff in the middle of it, by the way? Oh, I thought it was funny for a while because I was like, DDP's charismatic and entertaining. Oh, but then he's like laying out the butcher and the blade and I'm like, oh my god, what is this? What is this? What is this? What is this raw angle I'm watching? I love that like MGF low blowed him and who ran out for the save QT Marshall and like yeah what was happening where why did Cody that come out I know as per the stipulations which he hasn't even agreed to yet um, he can't like touch MGF that segment last week by the way with MGF laying out stipulations was excellent I just want to bring attention to uh, I think MGF has been really great one of the little highlights of Dynamite um, but yeah, like the second half I thought was pretty fun. The DDP stuff was very stupid, admittedly, but that first half was utter death. Oh my god, dreadful stuff. Um, what else in wrestling? Well, La Parca, uh, unfortunately passed away there. Was it this morning? I think. Yeah. Um, 
I I I think it's very um, unfortunate in a sense that every single tweet I've seen about it has been like brackets not the WCW one. Which yeah, kind of does a disservice to this man's life, you know? Yeah. I, I understand. That's... I understand the reasoning, because people are going to go, oh, that guy I watched as a kid. But it's like, you know. Uh, this fella's dead. No, no, not the big fat boy in MLW. <laughs> no, not the one you care about. The other Who one. Who does walking brawls. Um, don't worry Rev Pro fans he'll still be there in February so speaking of unfortunate uh, on the eve of Impact's latest uh, pay-per-view extravaganza some uh, stories that have been bubbling under the surface about Tessa Blanchard came to the fore Uh, she has long been the source of speculation and rumour and and, uh, whispers about uh, some questionable behaviour behind the scenes of varying degrees of, of seriousness um, she put out a tweet there uh, about this time yesterday, uh, just encouraging women to support each other, which I guess was the straw that broke the camel's back type situation for a lot of the women who'd had bad dealings with her in the past. The most notable one was uh, Alison Kay referenced an incident in Japan from two years ago where she allegedly uh, spat in a, a black wrestler's face and called her the N-word. Uh, the story, uh, the person in question who was the victim of that uh, came out and said that that was in fact true. She hadn't talked about it publicly, but it was true. Uh, Chelsea Green talked, uh, who's in NXT, talked about being uh, having negative uh, experiences with her. Uh, Isla Dawn uh, of NXT UK said that she had been pretty viciously bullied by her. Lots and lots of stories. Lots of stories and lots of people coming out saying they had heard the stories previously. Uh, like lots of stories of like like spitting on people and uh, being difficult to work with and and blah blah blah. So uh, that that stuff all came out. At, you know the the impact show is going to go live in a few hours. By the time you hear this, uh, it'll probably be over and and we'll know because this was uh, certain to be a big coronation of Tessa this weekend because she um, she was facing Sammy Callahan for the world title in what was almost certainly going to be a title switch. I would say there's probably still a good chance it will anyway. Um, Impact in recent history has not really given a shit about this kind of thing, so so who knows? But uh, yeah, bit of a uh, bit of a mess there for 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 Impact on the eve of a big pay per view. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not very dialed into the old, either the old Impact Wrestling nor the old the old backstage gossip, but uh, yeah, even I had kind of read stuff online about her having some kind of issues, let's say, some kind of behavioral issues um, that, you know, resulted in her never being signed to WWE or any company of that. Or at least, you know, yeah. not, not making WWE or any company of that nature. Even when Tully, albeit he's in AW now, but when he was kind of um, uh, aligned with WWE, there was still no Tessa. And you're kind of wondering, is something going on there? Why is she not being brought in? Um, so apparently if no, if no. you're in Impact, then there's a reason. Like, if, if you're in Impact, you can't get signed by WWE or AEW. So. Yeah, Impact is kind it's of... Basically, the... it's like... 
It's like that pirate ship of lost souls. <laughs> you know, people who had to leave society. It's uh, it's like the canteen in Moss Eisley. Yeah. Never ever seen such a hive of scum and treachery. Well, uh, Tessa just goes up to a woman of colour backstage. My friend doesn't like you much. <laughs> and she's like, mm, sorry about that. I don't like you either. <laughs> oh, You'll oh, be oh. dead. Anyway. <laughs> oh, dearie me. I love the idea of Tessa Blatchard as Ponda Baba and then getting her arm cut off with a lightsaber. Oh, oh and then she gets a cameo with one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, dear me. Anyway, and then uh, we'll go out on a whimper here. Uh, John Morrison had his uh, It's Christian moment um, on SmackDown this week where Kathy Kelly knocked on the Miz's door for an interview. And after like 11 years of not being on the show, John Morrison opened it and said, oh, hey, Kathy, uh, he's not looking to talk to anyone right now. And that was it. To deafening silence. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like the crowd went wild either, because he was wearing his normie clothes. The crowd went, oh, that was it. He wasn't wasn't dressed as uh, Boo the Bounty Hunter. (laughs) No, he wasn't. (sighs) Yeah. And now he's going to be on Miss TV this week. He's actually he's back now. That was him coming back. That was his return. That was worse than Christmas return. It's like if they just you know, remember the hype about when Christmas was coming back and someone was attacking um, Jeff Hardy, fucking explosions during his pyro and stuff. And then you just see a you know a backstage segment with Chris. Christian's just there with a broom sweeping in the background. It was the equivalent of that. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's the wrestling. Go. So let's. Uh, that's the. Go on. That's the podcast. But let's talk about Star Wars. So if people don't want to hear about what happens in Star Wars, you have to go away now. You have to tell them that I did call it. Okay. Your reasoning for that is silly, but I'll. I'll but I was right. No. Okay. So we're gonna do a little review spoiler. Containing review of Spoilers. Star Wars Episode Nine. Spoiler: The Rise of Skywalker. Um, uh, why don't you start, Paul? Since we me and Joe have discussed. Yeah, it. so you just discussed this. So, first things first. I, I kind of like I said, fall in the middle of the two of you guys. I, I think generally I liked it. Um, but there's definitely like tons of problems with it. <laughs> um. So get out of the way, first of all. Natty is is claiming, although I have no recorded proof of this, I did say that she predicted from Force Awakens that Ray was going to turn out to be a Palpatine. Right now, her yeah, reasoning for this, it. hey, don't believe it. Her reasoning for this is because she has a British accent, and the only other person in the Star Wars universe with a British accent <laughs> is Damper, which is true. Um, Alexis. Alec no, Guinness. Yeah, she could have been. She could have been Grand Moff Tarkin's uh, sure. daughter. Well, Alec Guinness. C three PO. Okay. C three PO's daughter. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's start with the good first of all. Um. Big gold cock. Okay. Natty didn't like the movies with me, but let me start with the good. Um. 
there were definitely some uh, some visuals, if not, not necessarily even some scenes, but some visual imagery that I really liked and thought was kind of well done and memorable. Um, in particular, I liked kind of. Although in the context of the movie, it wasn't quite as good. I did like kind of the throne room um, with the kind of faceless masses of Sith. I I quite liked how that scene looked. I thought it was kind of striking and, you know, memorable. Mm. Um, I I liked that... um, I liked the Kylo Ren arc and I'm talking more so about the trilogy here I think he's kind of now that it's all said and done by far the most interesting and well done character in the whole trilogy Um, I liked some of the appearances that I didn't necessarily predict I I liked um, Harrison Ford showing up one last time for a little yeah Um, I liked Luke's appearance um they they definitely did Carrie Fisher bad with the old Paul Walker treatment where she, she's basically like um, and I'm sure this has been memed already online as I say I've only saw the movie two days ago but she could definitely came off like Millhouse in that Radioactive Man movie where, where her only lines in the movie are no and yes <laughs> because it's obviously <laughs> taken from some other clip I'm not sure we could get out of this fallout boy Jeeping Jellicers! It was definitely a little bit of that. Um, and by the way, Fast and Furious 7 is my favourite one, but if you go back and watch Fast and Furious 7, um, Paul Walker for half the movie is only shot in shadows or from behind. <laughs> it's very obvious not him. Rest in peace, by the way, both of them people. Um, what else did I like about it? Um, although the plot was very MacGuffin-y, I found that it, you know it, it it held my attention despite not being particularly deep or interesting. I thought, you know, as far as uh, uh, an action romp went, I think it kind of was okay in that regard. That's because you have to deal with fifty different plot points happening. At well, let's get to let's talk about some of the bad now. Um, Ooh, the plot is is a complete mess. That the second you think about it makes no sense um <laughs> there was definitely too many MacGuffins a MacGuffin to lead to another MacGuffin is too MacGuffin-y and what about what about the you Double know MacGuffin. yeah yeah just yeah leading to one thing to lead to another thing it's just constantly chasing yeah I mean in a gen- I think the biggest problem with the movie is that there's just too much going on there's too yeah. much stuff crammed into it um and it's, it's something like I said about um be here now earlier like i think if this was given time with the exact same plot stretched over like two movies i think it would have been fine <laughs> you know the problem is is that they they the problem is that it doesn't work at all as a trilogy <laughs> that's really the problem as far yeah, as as far as like, see of this yeah as far as a cohesive trilogy goes I got you. Got to call it a, a complete failure, you know, mm. because the third movie has to, rather than to pay off the trilogy, which is what the third movie of the trilogy should do, it has to set everything up and then pay it off in the same movie. Um, so, I, I mean, I I 
prefer Last Jedi infinitely to yeah. uh, Rise of Skywalker. I think it's by far a better movie. However, say that, like looking at the mess of this as a conclusion, yeah. as much as I liked Last Jedi, they really did like Ryan Johnson really didn't make an effort to even kind of segue into another film. Or, or, or at like, least leave like, some Last threads. The last one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Rise of Skywalker is quite as retconny as I expected it to be. Um, they don't necessarily undo anything from it. They just kind of reduce how much things that happen in it matter and go, well, don't worry about that. Let's focus more on this. Um, and so when, when things pay off, they don't really feel so important. I mean, I really like Last Jedi as its own standalone film, but it's definitely um, not, a, not a good second part of a trilogy at all. But that's the fault of um, the, the, you know, the executive producers who and Disney, to a, to a greater extent, who Star Wars fell into their lap, and all they had to do was plan out a trilogy. And I think I said this already, but, like, plan out a trilogy in in a very basic way, right? Like, when you get Ryan Johnson in to do the second movie, you can give him free reign to do the movie he wants, but you can say, okay, but these three things have to happen <laughs> along the way. Instead, they said, just make whatever, literally whatever you want, and we'll just figure it out from there. That's not how you do it. Like, the the, the Avengers, whatever, 23-film saga was obviously in the latter half. Okay, not from, from yeah. the beginning, but the latter half was very, very strictly planned. And so, when things mm-hmm. build and build and build, then you get a payoff. Um, And Star Wars very, very much didn't have that. And so, although I liked the movie, I think I went, like, a six on Letterboxd. Mm. Not quite as harsh as, as yourself, but... Um, but what did you make of the old, uh... Hello, Kylo, I'm alive, by the way. Anyway, here's my ghost fleet. Also, get moving, son, good lad. Get out there and kill her. No, don't ask any questions about my monster face or my monster face. Uh, uh, okay, then. Uh, kill the girl. Why? Uh, <laughs> I, I almost burst out laughing as well at the scene where where they goes. Uh, oh, it's just like oh. Where he says, where he says what? You're a Palpatine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. Yeah. You know, just the, the and I, I, I was talking to my, my roommate about it because he like initially liked the movie and then disliked it the more he thought about it. And I, right. I was chatting to him and I obviously didn't like it. And it's just, I think this is just on some level what the general audience, the general audience Star Wars crowd wants. They just want endless. I am your father moments. That's all they want. Everyone has to be someone's relative. Someone has to turn. And, you know, that's all they want. And yeah. it doesn't matter how, how, you know, meaningful it is or, or, or how earned or unearned it is. Yeah. Um, it's just so, so shallow. And, like, and then that last scene, like, where she says, oh, I'm Ray Skywalker. It's like, Ugh, that is so unearned. That is so unearned. And again, it's like it, it ties into that need for everyone to be a member of a pre-existing family or, or you know, 
tie into an existing character in another way. Mm. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't disagree, especially when it comes to the Emperor. Because mm. they didn't explain at all anything about it. So, the movie starts with, like, Kylo in some on some plan of finding the, uh, the Sith Wayfinder, which... I don't think that even works in the logic of what Star Wars is. That there's a magic compass. Yeah. Like, that felt like something out of, out of Avengers. That didn't feel like something from Star Wars. Um... Because why, anyway, why, like, in, in in the first movie, back in 1977, Luke puts his little targeting computer away, and he just lets the force flow through him to shoot the thing in the little hole. Why can't they just do that to find the planet? Why do they need a little compass for it? Why is that a thing? Why were there only two of them in the universe? They never, they never explain, there's only two of them. Why? Why did they not make 500 of them? Where, who made them? Where did these come from? Also, like, oh, this dagger lines up with the wreckage of this, uh, this, uh, Death Star that's in the river? What if it floats away or gets eroded? What? No, because of the Force. So, oh, uh, sorry, I forgot about the Force, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that, makes yeah, that was the Indiana Jones bit that we, we talked about in our, when we kind of reviewed it. Yeah. yeah. The bit that I hated. I just thought it was so stupid. Um, but then, like, when you first see Palpatine in his little den, right, he's got, like, a lab with Snokes in a jar. And so I, it's never really explained, but I guess the inferral was that, like, Snoke was just yeah, a clone that, puppet. you know, yeah, puppet that he was pulling the strings. But then what is Palpatine himself? I, I mean, You see his, like, hands are all leopard off um <laughs> so you know you would you would believe that he is the one and the same palpatine that we saw in return of jedi but then what was the point of showing us like the clone <laughs> stuff i just didn't get like is he was he a clone is he a clone or no so i i i, I took that as just a, a jab at last jedi right yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think it is the Emperor. It is the one that got thrown off the yeah. thing by Luke, by Darth Vader. And then I loved when he threw uh, Kylo, because he's like, I will throw you as I was thrown and survived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a punishment. Well, well don't do that again. Try yeah. something different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just pull his uh, head off or something. Yeah. yeah, just chop his fucking head off. That'd be uh, more effective, wouldn't it? <laughs> Um, also, right at the end, the the emperor is doing his lightning fingers, and Lei has the lightsaber to block it, right? And then she has two lightsabers. Why is two lightsabers better and more strong to deflect it than one? And why, when he started his skin coming uh, off, did the emperor not say, "I will stop sh- shooting lasers at you because it's killing me"? Well, he he didn't learn that lesson in the third film, the episode three, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, um, before his... did you like the, the the powerful parallels to Return of the Jedi when he opens up the thing to show where the battle and says her friends are dying and by powerful parallel I mean they just did the scene again <laughs> 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 I 
there was actually a lot of um, a lot of Return of the Jedi in it. For as you know, fast paced and mental as the movie was, yeah, they they also found time to squeeze in a load of doing the same scenes again. Um, and yeah, fan service he's shite. Like uh, her her going back to the to to Uncle Ben's house at the end. Yeah, Why? Uncle Owen rather. Uncle Owen, sorry, Uncle. And it's like I guess I guess I can kind of see it as a little bit more valuable than just fan service in the sense that this is supposed to be as fucking stupid as it is one coherent story from episode one through to episode nine. Mm. But also, ugh, again, it's just—it's just it didn't feel earned. How did, did, how did earned. she know where Uncle Owen and Aunt Bruce's house was? Uh, she yeah. found the it's she the found book. the Jedi locator piece. She found yeah, she read it in the Jedi book. <laughs> uh, she's got um, Star Wars: The New Hope on Blu-ray, so <laughs> she was. <laughs> so, she saw the blue milk and she was like, "What's oh, your fucking blue milk from the land?" <laughs> Um, anyway, I wanted a Hayden Christensen Force Ghost, and we didn't get it. Well, you got so. his voice in it. That's all. I wasn't in that. You also got Freddie Prince Jr.'s voice. Yeah, he was in that so. Jedi montage of voices. Yeah. Now I did like that. To be fair, I, I also liked. Um, I liked that sh- the the Jedi's were all in her because that was something that did kind of link to Force Awakens when she's hearing the the voices in her head um, when she touches the lightsaber. So that that I, I quite like that as a thing. Yeah. I also liked that, th- and again, this is my my uh, reading of the movie. Is obviously the th- the thing that Finn wants to tell Ray is that he is like force sensitive, right? Mm. Yeah, and I like that they didn't come out and say it. There wasn't a scene where it's like, "Hey, remember that thing I wanted to tell you? It's this." They just kind of showed by showing rather than by telling, and I was like, "Yeah." Okay, I get it. I get what is happening. Um, I wasn't a fan of all the characters they introduced for no reason. Where um, <laughs> there's the uh, the people who ride the horses. I, I quite like the scene where like they're like, they don't got speeders. And then the, the, that was quite cool. Yeah. I, I didn't like the scene at the end where she was like, um, where are you from, Lando? I'm from the gold uh, region. What about you? I don't know. <laughs> Let's find out on her Disney Plus TV show. <laughs> that was kind of a, a weird, uh, um, a weird conversation to be having for no reason in this movie. That has no nothing to do with anything. Also, the Poe's old friend from that one planet that the planet gets blown up, and then she just shows up later. And she's like, oh, yeah. I didn't get blown up. I'm fine. But also, did you like her powerful seed earlier where she was like, oh, Poe, we sure had some times together. Anyway, here's a magic key. <laughs> God. I mean, again, I agree. I agree. Um, like, like, this is one bugbear I've had at the back of my head for like the previous two films and it was just it was cemented in this film is that the characters of Poe and Finn ostensibly do nothing across these three films um they are just sort of foot soldiers along for the ride um and I I found them to be deeply unsatisfying as far as you know people you'd hope would have an arc yeah, I mean, especially when you look back at it as a trilogy, as we said. Especially the introdu- introduction of Rose in Last Jedi. And then in this one, they're like, 
Uh, you're not going on the adventure this time. You're going to stay here and have some, you know, very, very pointless dialogue every now and then. And then that's it. That's all you're doing in this one. Also, why was um, Charlie from Lost in this movie? Yeah, why were all of J.J. Abrams' friends in this movie? <laughs> um, I mean, ostensibly they're in it because Carrie Fisher died. <laughs> they had to have someone to give the dialogue that she was going to say. So we'll get, we'll get your man from Lord of the Rings in. That no one remembers. Um... Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of the problems of the movie is that it tries to fit three movies worth of plot into one movie. And that is time and time again the issue. Like, nothing is set up with time. Nothing has time to breathe before they're on to the next part. Um, Lando Calrissian, by the way, uh, only had dialogue that consisted of, remember me, I'm Lando <laughs> from that movie. <laughs> Hey kid, remember me on the Death Star when I said, uh, hey, did what? Uh, don't worry about it. Lando. Lando's <laughs> rubbish in this movie. <laughs> the fuck? Stupid. Uh, um, what else? Yeah, another scene that was entirely lifted was the one where. Um, Ray sees herself and she has like a flippy double lightsaber. Oh, God. Oh, it's like, oh, God, I forgot about that. Oh, and that one is just, here's the here's a good scene that we've done shit. Um, uh, <laughs> God. Oh, and like, uh, I love that in this really shitty scene, though, they found a way to squeeze in a new toy to sell. Which one? The saber? Uh, the saber, and I'm sure Evil Ray will, will be an action figure. And then and then she has a gold lightsaber at the end of it for no reason. Oh, yeah, and she just has to, she has to pop it once, and again, that is going to be sold. Oh. Why did she just have a blue one? Why is it gold? Uh, and for the benefit of whom is she opening? <laughs> also, right? Chewbacca, and the rest of this review is going to be us talking shit about the movie. Chewbacca gets captured due to his own stupidity, right? Because Ray goes out to stand in the middle of nowhere, and Chewbacca goes out and just immediately gets captured. And then the thing blows up, and then he's dead. And then he's, a minute later, he's not dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then they just go, oh, he's on a different ship. I was like, what, what, since when was there two ships? Also, we saw like I'm pretty sure we see him get on the one that gets exploded. Yeah, I mean, there's not a bit where it flies behind the rock or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> what was the deal with the emperor being hooked up to a big Glados machine? <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what further complicates the whole. Is it a clone or a, a is it him thing? He's got juice going into him. Yeah, if it was a clone, would he need all that? Surely. Yeah, and presumably, if he was a clone, he'd be a, a clone of the old sexy emperor before he turned into an old vagina <laughs> head. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Don't pay attention to my tubes, Adam Driver. I'm just a bit unwell at the moment. <laughs> I can't walk around quite as far as I used to. I can only walk in the range of this machine. So come over but here. But that didn't stop me from constructing all these ghost ships I have. <laughs> also, please don't ask any questions about why they all have Dexter level uh, lasers on them. They just do. I forgot <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Why do we need this one particular satellite so my ships know where to go despite that never being a thing in any of these movies? I don't have to take this. I'm the king of the city. <laughs> I love, yeah, I, I do love that. Um, in Force Awakens, they have Star Killer Base, right, which has the power to blow up a planet, as seen in the movie, right. In fact, it can blow up, I think, multiple planets, can it? Yeah, but it's like fucking thirty times the size of the original Death Star. Yeah, and now just every ship that goes by has a gun on it that can blow up a planet. Stupid. God. Um, and yeah, I didn't even think about the uh, the little the little um, navigation thing. That's like they won't, they can't move if this thi- one thing isn't working. Oh God, why? Why is that a thing? Um. Oh God, what else? I like the little Luke Skywalker Empire thing where he lifts the uh, X-wing out. Yeah, that was nice. because yeah, I remember he wasn't able to do it in uh, in that one movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I as I said, I like the Han Solo bit. I liked Kylo Ren's arc. I like when he did the little Han Solo shrug. Shrug. That was quite cool. Um, even though the uh, the Carrie Fisher CGI wasn't great, I thought the young Carrie Fisher and and um, Luke. Uh, Luke was actually pretty good. I thought the young Luke was pretty good. Yeah. Young Carrie looked like the Rogue One one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I also didn't hate that either. To be honest, once Kylo turned good and he did the shrug, I would have liked to, from his character just to become Han Solo. <laughs> and he just, he just comes around the corner dressed like him and goes, Hey, kid. Because <laughs> I'm noticing thing go home. Oh, but, like, I agree with you, because I think me and Joe said last week I did like his arc overall, but the kiss. The ki- yeah. Yeah, that, why? The, his, yeah, his death thing was a little um, on the nose, and then she didn't even take his body with her. She There wasn't even, like, a little Ben fire burial thing. Oh, he evaporated, you're right. Well, take his clothes, at least. Take his clothes. What? Why did he? So, why did he disappear as well? He wasn't a Jedi. Jedi do. He wasn't he one. But he wasn't a Jedi. He was a Sith. Nobody, yeah, he was good by the end. Uh, he was good by the end. Well, that, he was a little bit of a cunt. A cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say um, he was a he was a little bit of a bubbly. <laughs> He was a little bit of a uh, prince. What's the prince from Sleeping Beauty? Charming. Charming. Where he commits, I will kiss her back to life. And then he dies. Um, <laughs> a little bit of an incel. I will give my life for you. Um, 
What else? Yeah, that was dumb. He dies and then it's just immediately like, oh, don't worry about him, he's gone. Move on. There should be there should have been at least a little a little like Ben Solo Fair enough, they don't have the body or whatever, but a little thing, you know. Because um, his his death felt very <sighs> by the numbers, not not in the way he dies, but the fact that he died. It was like um, in I I don't these movies are, sh- are especially the one I'm about to talk about is a shit movie, right? But in the third Hobbit film, right? Uh, spoilers for this movie coming up. Yeah, one of the Hobbits, the main one. Um, dies right and they have a big whole deal about him dying but also one of the other ones dies and he get, this doesn't get mentioned in the movie after he dies they're like the dwarves the sorry not the hobbits the dwarves um, Thorin whatever he's like the main one he dies and there's like a whole thing about him dying and then the little sexy one played by Aiden um, whatever his name is he gets killed not a single mention of him for us. <laughs> I was like, well, what about your other friend who died? So this one, yeah, felt a little bit like Kylo should have got something after his death. Um, uh, I, I quite liked in, in in a in a almost in a so bad as good way the General Hooks thing. Um, even though that turn kind of felt out of nowhere and without any justification. Mm. I'm the spy. Shoot me on the arm, quick. And then he gets shot. I tell you, what I really yeah, like. Anyway. I really liked Richard E. Grant in it. I'm surprised he wasn't cast in one of the earlier movies because he's like perfect for that, um, whatever Tarkin kind of role. I thought he was great in it. Mm. Um, I thought C3PO, of course, was very funny in it. Although, again, right, similar to the Chewbacca thing. There's like, okay, the secret is on C-3PO's memory, but we have to wipe it to get it. And that feels like, oh, that's a, a an emotional thing. He has to lose his memory. And then just like 10 minutes later, just, oh, he got his memory back. Like, yeah. Does nothing matter in this movie? Everything just will be undone. <laughs> no, I don't, none of it matters. I mean, it's, it's... C-3PO was, I just... was very funny in it, though. Oh yeah, I liked how everyone hated him. Mm. Um, there's a lot of kind of Game of Thrones type stuff in it. Like what? With, with the throne. And yeah. Ray being kind of the the Khaleesi, trying to take the Sith throne. Why is this on your throne? Was that ever mentioned before? No. This throne thing that was new. And then you had like the Dothraki, which was. Um, the people they meet with the big horse type creatures. Yeah. Well, they horse. They might have actually been horses. I can't remember. But um, yeah, they were like the. Doth- I don't know if they'd been watching like Game of. They realized Game of Thrones was sort of popular, and then they made this before the terrible final season, and then they were like, "Oh shit!" And people don't like that anymore. Never mind. But, yeah, I was getting that kind of vibe from it. Also, the thing that actually they had built from the last movie, which was that like. They sent out the distress call and no one came. And mm. that was resolved in the least satisfying way possible. Where throughout the movie it's just no one's coming, no one's coming, no one's coming. Everyone's here. Everyone's here. And then Poe goes, They came. 
Yeah, but there are too many people. As well. you look, you can really see. That was the old Gandalf, Gandalf the White with the cavalry coming around the hill. Mm. Um, yeah, that was very. Yeah, I, I didn't quite like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know what, Barry? I think you're right. This film is shite. <laughs> um, I yeah, I I think I've said more than once. I think not necessarily with the people who have just decided they hate it, but I think Last Jedi will stand up better to rewatches later yeah. later mm-hmm. down the line. I think this won't. Um. The fan cut. Well, yeah, I would be interested in watching, not necessarily a fan cut, but I would be interested in watching an extended version of this, and I would watch it in two separate sittings. Extended? Extended in the sense of having the hundred things that happen spread out a little bit from each other. <laughs> because the pacing is, is, mm. is too fast for anything to matter in the movie. That's why nothing matters, ultimately. Um. So yeah, there's a shame because Force Awakens was so good and so well done, and they just couldn't help but fuck it up. It's like WWE making the Star Wars, <laughs> and like like WWE, they the one thing that they've kind of lost. Which is which is what we really don't have, and what one thing one thing that I said was very important to AEW not to lose, the goodwill of the fans. They kind of fucked it, and uh, yeah. yeah. Ray Ray then is reading the books that she took from Luke, and she finds that he has a little drawing of that exact same thing that Kylo finds early on, and she's, why did he never mention this? That there's a thing that can lead to the Emperor. Too many, too many little things that are just thrown up as plot points that have never been referenced before, that never mattered before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is Lando on mm-hmm. that planet? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, literally just there to meet the to meet the protagonists. Come with me, I will save you. It's me from there the movie. Um. Yeah, I did like the little... What was the little lad called? Little baby. Oh, Baba Frick! Baba Frick, you're great. Baba Frick. That's good. You can always rely on Star Wars to at least introduce a new cute little thing. Um, <laughs> and also the little Because he's all like... Uh, he's like... Uh, uh, Baba Frick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyway, that's the Star Wars. I mean, never talk about it ever again. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I agree that there is a lot of, you know, individually, a lot of parts in it that don't fit and don't work. Um, I've only seen it yesterday, as I said. My initial reaction coming out of the film was, that was fine. I, I didn't feel super satisfied in any way. I didn't feel like I did when I watched, you know... Um, Endgame. I hate to always refer, you know, to the Marvel movies, but mm. you know that that mm. that that closed off an era in a satisfying way, at least, you know, and paid off a story that had been building for movies. Um, you know, r- none of Ray 
Poe, Finn. Uh, none of them died. None of them. To be honest, none of them was none. None of them were really that different from the end of Force Awakens. There wasn't like a huge character development in the last two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there was compared to Last Jedi, like the. Despite the problems that Last Jedi maybe had as well, especially in a lot of people's eyes, there were parts of Last Jedi that I really loved, and there was kind of nothing in Rise of the Skywalker that I loved. There were bits that I kind of liked, and I kind of liked it throughout, but I never really got on board with any of it. Um, I liked the Emperor's little red clothes when he got the lives of Kylo and Rey. I'm not quite sure how his clothes changed when he did that, but whatever. There's a Super Saiyan mode. Got nice red velvet jumper. Uh, yeah. Also, the Knights of Ren were a thing. Oh, yeah! <laughs> they didn't explain what they were. It's like, I feel like I didn't properly know what they were, and then suddenly he's fighting them. <laughs> Killing them all. Yeah. I don't know. So there you go, folks. Uh, yeah, a poor ending to a, a a trilogy that I think I think works better as individual films than any kind of cohesive oh, definitely. story. Yeah. Like, I still can easily sit down and watch the first two movies and enjoy them as their own standalone stories. But the, yeah, the trilogy has not been good. My mixer is after going for a hop, but I think we're okay. Um, anything else to say about it? I don't think so. Huh? Go on. You know that look had the green milk straight out of the titty. <laughs> but that was one thing that I loved about Last Jedi. Not the titty. Although that was pretty good. Um, I actually... You know, there's complaints about they didn't do Luke's character right. I, I, that was my favorite thing about Last Jedi was Luke as a curmudgeonly, grumpy old. Yeah. I don't want to hear. Oh my and th- th- that's the one thing I liked about Last Jedi. And I've spoken to my brother about this. He doesn't agree with me. But I like in this one that she throws the um, lightsaber into the fire and Luke catches it and goes, You should show this more respect. Because it's, it's it, in a sense, it's the resolution of Luke's character arc from Last Jedi paying off because you, you you recall he got given the lightsaber, he was thrown it away get that fucking shite away from me I don't want to hear about it, I don't want to hear about Jedis leave me alone on my island, don't be bothering me and then by the end of the movie he'd kind of come come back around to the force and you know, save the day and now here with his new mindset he's like okay, you know, treat this with more respect because he'd come back to old Luke you know, so that was one moment I did like in it yeah, I like that. Because yeah. that worked. That made sense. That was paying off something that had built. That's what this movie is supposed to be. Yeah, I saw people referring to that as like a, a last Jedi like a jab. jab, but I, but no, I, I, I just yeah, I agree with you. I think it was, I was just playing off that character act quite well, actually. Yeah, good job. Um, yeah, uh, will we call it there? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I think that was funny. Which you know, we should probably do more. I, I enjoy these spoilery discussions quite a bit. Uh, yeah, so I, some of you probably checked out already. For those of you who stuck around for the spoiler cast, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, and we will be back. Uh, what's the situation? Yes, we'll be back next week uh, for uh, more chat. We will have. Uh, we'll see what the fallout of that Impact pay per view is. We'll have more AEW. Um, and yeah, we'll have more more uh, pop culture, fun and games to chat about um, as well. So um, yeah, thanks very much for listening, folks. It's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye. Goodbye.